And I'm like, okay, what channel GMRS will be running on? And everybody looks at each other and said, oh, we need our radios? I didn't bring mine. I oh, left no. them at home. Oh, what's a GMRS? Or what? And so nobody, nobody except for me had radios. So I had four. So I kept one and shared the other three. And and people appreciated having it so we could communicate. So, so on the same frequency? Yeah, we did. I figured it out. So, so Chip, um, uh, I would recommend, it'd be really good, so get you a set of semaphore flags and say, okay, well, well let's just use, <laughs> and just hand them the flags and a, maybe a cheat sheet. This flag, we'll yeah. Sit there and, yeah, got it, got it. And the next time, they'll bring a damn radio. <laughs> this Roundtable episode is brought to you by Tyree Lights. Tyree Lights is known as the industry leader in lighting for heavy vehicles in mining, forestry, construction, agriculture, and material handling. Now, Tyree Lights Off-Road brings the same strength and quality to your Jeep. Find out more about Tyree Lights at tyreeoffroad.com. That's T-Y-R-I offroad.com. Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to all our new listeners and, of course, our regular uh, that are here at the Jeep Talk Show Roundtable every week. I'm your host, and I'm excited to have you here for this special gathering of passionate Jeep enthusiasts. On tonight's episode, we'll be asking you, uh, do you do or would you? what do you think about rear spare tire deletes? And this would probably primarily be for, for Wranglers, but I guess it could be for any Jeep that uh, has a, uh, a spare tire uh, mount on the back of the, uh, the, back of the, the Jeep. Uh, another question we're going to be asking is, what upgrades have you bought that are now orphaned? You know, like stored in the, uh, the garage or maybe even your attic? <clears throat> So are you a brand whore? Is there a specific brand that you go to when making upgrades? You know, you don't even think about anybody else. You just go, oh, I just got to get it from uh, from uh, Genrite, or I, I just got to get it from Motobuilt. So, uh, you know, brand whore. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, if you if you like something, you generally go back to the, uh, the same uh, company over and over again. Uh, how do you compensate for the embarrassment of owning a red Jeep, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> one suggestion is by overemphasizing that all Jeeps should be red, and they should. I mean, it's I just state the obvious here. Hey, did you know that you can submit your questions for the roundtable at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact? You can, and that's how these questions that we have on this episode came to us. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. Hey, you know, whether you're a diehard Jeep enthusiast or just starting to explore the world of off-roading, we're thrilled to have you as uh, to be part of this discussion. Please consider joining the discussion by being part of our weekly Zoom meeting. You can find out all about the weekly Zoom meeting and even get a reminder if you join our newsletter. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to join. All right, so uh, first off, uh, hello, Zoom people. Good evening. Hello. <laughs> Good evening. Hello, hello, hello. So uh, I was told earlier today that uh, the uh, a weekly Zoom meeting where anybody can just, just if they want to, can join and be part of this show was a foreign concept to a lot of people, that it was, it's, it's hard to understand. It's confusing even. Uh, so I thought we'd take a moment here to just kind of plug the whole concept of this weekly Zoom meeting thing. Um, 
do you do you get what is it uh, i mean uh, several of you are uh, reoccurring offenders here you're you're here every week and thank you uh but was that do you guys think it's uh, it's unusual i mean i was told that something like this that we do every week uh is something that uh, some shows do but they make you have to uh, like be a patreon subscriber or something you only get this special treatment i know it's funny to me too you only get this special treatment if you uh, if you've paid for it never heard of zoom <laughs> it was a show out of boston zoom 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 <laughs> i know of a couple wouldn't of shows that, be, that do it with their patreon yeah wouldn't that be why this is the number one talk show <laughs> i like that <laughs> books, books. uh so i mean uh i mean you guys enjoy it i mean some of you guys sh- uh, show up here twice a week uh now the, the little quick story behind that is is that we used to do a roundtable segment it was a campfireside chat and we re- we would record that on our flagship episode which is really the only episode we had at the time and uh, we would, uh, you guys would listen to the show until it was uh, near the end, and it was time for the the, the fireside uh, chat to start. And then you guys would come on, and uh, and uh, Josh would ask a series of questions uh, and get your answers. He he actually would go to each one of you and ask your your response. Um, so uh, and then we we moved it over to its dedi- uh, it, uh, its own dedicated episode, uh, which we record on Tuesday and and then uh, uh, publish on Wednesday. And uh, so you, some of you guys still show up for Thursday, too. I guess it's the, uh, the Zoom memory that you're going for. Cause, uh, uh, and Thursday's kind of good because you guys don't listen to the show at all while that we're recording. You're just talking to each other. I was about to correct you on that earlier because you were saying we used to join and listen to the show. And then no, it was, we, we would join and then get interrupted by the show when it was time for that segment. Yeah, and I would see the, I'd see the, little, the microphone for the Jeep Talk Show muted. Because, you know, the show was interrupting you guys. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, that's where Travis came up with, shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> yes, you were correct. <laughs> oh, the audio was real loud one time, wasn't it, uh, from, yeah, from yeah. the show? I think everybody was pinging you, trying to get you to turn it down. Yeah, I had forgotten to uh, lower the audio. Uh, I wish we had, uh, had uh, gotten a recording of that when Travis did that, because it was funny. Shut up, shut up, shut up. <laughs> if only yeah so basically it's, it's we just do a zoom meeting once a week anybody can join and sometimes we have guests uh our, I, I would say that one of our most famous guests is uh, jim uh from uh jeep uh north america jim uh who, who recently uh moved into the performance uh, division uh but uh it was great to have jim uh, come in here and answer questions i mean there's a uh, very few people that uh, I mean Jim's a friendly guy and he he'll, he he'll easily talk to anybody that comes up to him, uh, especially about Jeeps and uh, so but it was cool that you guys didn't have to leave the uh, your home just to talk to Jim. Well, yeah, that's nice thing. That's one thing nice about the room is everybody gets to meet and talk to some of the uh, I'll say more famous people in the in the Jeep you know atmosphere culture whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. but everybody kind of gets to mingle and talk to these people that most people don't get the opportunity to well all you guys are important uh and uh certainly it, i love the idea that we can uh, bring those uh individuals uh to you guys and and it's, it doesn't really take much for us to get them on the show uh a lot of people are very amazed at the ability to speak directly uh, to uh, their users, so to speak, and hear for directly from them. 
uh, and it's it's in a in a setting where it's not like answering calls or uh, hate from uh, social media or something. It's it's actually just a back and forth conversation. So yeah, it's really neat, and I'm I'm really glad that uh, the there's a whole Zoom room idea. The roundtable episodes have uh, been. Uh, um, welcomed as much as the, it has been. So it's it's really very simple. We just get on here, do a Zoom meeting. I think if uh, if not everybody, mostly everybody learned about Zoom meetings uh, during the uh, the pandemic. So uh, it's it's a really easy thing to do on on any platform. So uh, please feel free to join us here. All right, so let's get to this. Uh, you guys, uh, just remind you, say your uh, first name, uh, location, the uh, first time you speak tonight. So rear spare tire delete i'm gonna go first i don't like this do elaborate what are you gonna do when you get a flat call a friend triple a <laughs> i'd like to phone a friend that, uh, what's that uh the glue patch guys you had on that would like fix anything like sidewall slashes or whatever bring a repair kit they are they're going to be coming back on by the way so you, we should have a uh, interview from them probably in january uh whenever it's going to be uh, published but yeah glue tread well, if you do a spare tire delete, though, it's the one place that you can wear a tramp stamp without being in trouble. I mean, you can get a little little cover for your little spare tire delete. And I I don't like it because you need a spare tire, whether you're on the road or off the road. You need access to a spare tire. Yeah. Now, if you do the delete and you move it into the back of the Jeep because you want better departure angle or something i get or, that. or a more balanced uh, weight you know getting the weight mm-hmm. off the end and moving it towards right. the center jimmy did that uh which uh, that's that's a neat that's a neat modification i don't have a problem with it that i mean I, really the only problem i have with it is that you you're removing gear that you may need uh to uh, get out get out of off the trail of course the argument is somebody with your group probably has a spare you can use <laughs> maybe the same size but it's, it's BS. Most of the official trail things that we do, like Jeep Jamboree, Jeep Adventure Academy, part of the requirement, your Jeep has to have a spare tire. Interesting. Well, it is it sense. required to be a, a, a matching tire? Oh, yeah, I've seen that video. I mean, I've seen that uh, that meme, yeah, where the guy has the little uh, space saver tire. 37s on the Jeep oh. and a uh, 32 on the Oh, I think this, guy, this one had fit like 54s on it, and they had a space saver on the back. So I guess you can get so big on the tires that having a, a spare tire doesn't make sense. We actually got to experience that whole thing. Uh, it wasn't because of a thing of the leap. It was an XJ. It was a spare tire on the back or whatever on it. Remember, was it the second event? Garrett got to, uh, got to share a tire with him because of the spare tire he brought. So it's a good thing he had it. He didn't need it, but someone else did. Oh, did he do a trade spare tire for a shirt? Is that what happened? I can't remember. <laughs> no. I didn't have one of those to give out either. <laughs> Garrett, did you ever get that tire back? <laughs> he drove it back to the trailer and he swapped it back and gave it back to me. There you go. This is Kevin from DFW. I've never had a spare. And because I don't get weeks at a time to go travel i usually generally just do a weekend at some sort of park that's within a couple hours if we take a spare we just leave it on the trailer and we're within a park so it's not a big deal it's kind of wheeling you're doing like we like most things we talk about on here because if you're heading out on a call it an overland trip or something like you're heading long distance on there i kind of feel like you definitely want to have one there I mean, and I'll be clear on this. I say this very often. I mean, it's whatever you want to do, whatever you're uh, happy with. You don't have to do anything to your Jeep that you don't think 
uh, that people won't like or give you a hard time about it. Uh, I mean, you know, it's just, that's one of the things that uh, Jeepers do. That you give everybody a hard time. I mean, it could be serious. It could be just uh, a good, uh, uh, just kind of a probe to see if there's a hot button issue <laughs> that we can get you on. So, if I mean, if you don't want to have a spare tire, that's fine. I, I don't like the idea that you're depending on other people to provide a spare tire, but, you know, it's going to happen uh, uh, occasionally. Well, I don't like the idea of intentionally injuring yourself. Well, I, I do carry, you know, a lot of plugs and a compressor. Like, I have a plan. Yeah. Just not a spare. But with my tire and wheel combo, too, a spare's 150 pounds on the back of my Jeep. I was just about to go there. I was like, I, I think that if you can only... Uh, they afford at a time or whatever to get four of the larger tires. Trying to shove the weight of a heavy duty 3738 inch tire on a factory tire carrier on the back gate because then that thing's just going to bounce down the highway eventually. That's, I mean, when I upgraded my tires and wheels on the YJ, I couldn't on my factory tailgate carry it. But I had a delete. You know, I had no spare until I ordered the tire carrier to put on there. And, you know, it took time. I just spent all the money on tires and wheels. I'm like, I'm not going to ruin my Jeep that I'm building up to have this wheel or to have it on the rear. I'll wait until I can afford that bumper and tire carrier that I did. And, you know, it's time and it sweeps around. You know, it, it is expensive, you know, doing every process to have it all there. A lot of people aren't willing. We are, but a good bit or not. Well, especially with like a short wheelbase, you know, a TJ, a YJ or something like that, 150 pounds hanging off the back of the Jeep when you're trying to go up a steeper incline can make a load of difference. Mm. Oh, yeah. And it's a overhanging big object to get caught. Like, I think I, I was watching some, um, some video, I can't remember what it was, on, on one of the YouTube certified people. Um, where they say to deflate your rear tire but if you're running it on the back. So if you come off of a ledge or you come off of something, you're not trying to support the whole weight of your, your Jeep by that spare tire. So, you know, even when you when you run it, there's things that can lessen that impact. Right. And if you let the air out of it, it weighs less. Yep, that's very true. Yeah, I was going to say, is there a place you can get helium? Because that, that way you could... Uh, <laughs> in, the la in the last year, I've been off-roading in two different situations where we had to have a spare. There was a gouge in the sidewall that if you're really pounding on rocks or you catch a branch, and that guy would have been screwed. Both those guys would have been screwed without spares. One of them, we blew the beat off of one tire, and he ruined the other tire. So we were changing two tires, trying to air one up and get it back on the bead. So being prepared, having plugs, having all those things is good, but I really... I don't, and I don't, I've, I've been wheeling two, I've been, I wheeled a TJ, I wheeled a JK, both two doors. Never caused me any problems having that spare hanging off the back. And it's a full-size spare that matches the other, I've got, I just buy five tires at a time so that they're all, I try to rotate them, but not always. But it, I think it's important to have the spare just to, to get you by. If you're depending, you leave it on your trailer back at the park. If you're at a small park, no big deal. But if you're at a huge park or you're at the other end and you're, You've taken, you know, several hours to get clear to the other end of the park. And now you've got a spare that you've got to take several hours to get back to or make your buddies run back somehow. I don't know. 
Let's Just go. think of the other advantage of having a spare tire. You'll get 20% more tri- uh, uh, miles on your tire. If you, if you rotate them in on the foot. If time. you rotate it in. Yeah, that's the yeah. other problem is rotation. Because uh, if it's if you don't I rotate that thing in. in. Yeah. Mine, mine's a trail rig. I've put a thousand miles on it in four years. So That's a good week of driving. <laughs> on my daily don't get me wrong my daily i drive thirty-five thousand miles a year so grace i got i i got i got a thousand miles in by the midday tuesday that's a lot of podcast listening trucks don't count <laughs> <laughs> i think eventually that rick from arkansas eventually when i go to a big enough tires for that little tj that i'll be you know i'll get to a place to where i'll probably keep keep the tire on the trailer unless unless I am like you like like you're talking about an overland type situation that I, but I plan on having it to where I can either carry it if I want to or or if we're in a park I can drop it off there on the trailer and you know just depends on what I what I got going on. Larry from St. Louis. Okay Rick, what is big enough? For Rick it's location tires. Yeah. Is a thirty-five big enough tire? Or? No. Well, uh, no. Eventually, eventually, I'll be on tons and forties. Wow. In a TJ. On the TJ, it'd be stretched to one hundred fifteen-inch bull base. Okay. So, so this is this is interesting. That's, that's I actually, a lot of stretch. I actually thought that we we might want to do a roundtable episode. Uh, just for the folks out there that are uh, really looking forward to, you know, 39s, 40s, and just what all has to be done to the various uh, Jeeps to be able to run 40s. And and, and I don't mean uh, drive down the road. I mean, uh, taking it off-road because, I mean, that's that's the reason why you do that stuff, it, at least to me. I mean, you could do it for whatever reason you want to do it, of course, but uh, people need to understand what all the n- subtle nuances are, all the little things that you got to change. So, uh, if, if you guys think that might be a good uh, conversation to have, we can do it. Sure. I mean, it's interesting. Uh, any, any. I mean, whether you're going to 37s or 40s or whatever, even going to 35s, it depends on your lift. And there's so many aspects that they think, okay, I buy the big tires, I buy the big lift, and I'm good. And depending on what you're doing, there's so many, it impacts so many other issues. So it would be an interesting one, Tony. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it's different for for every Jeep out there. I mean, TJ is going to be uh, radically different than a, a modern day Wrangler or uh, Gladiator. Uh, they're just they're just built differently. So you even have uh, some of us that have gone that route so far and kind of go through what we did to, to prepare for <laughs> well, yeah. entire size. You, you guys are the ones that'll be bringing. Earlier. Yeah, you guys <laughs> will be bringing the pain. This is the pain of the learning yeah. part. <laughs> put, put the 40s on a white to self destruct. <laughs> but you know what to fix yeah just gotta get it to fit hey, in I, that I, fender I, hole, that fender hole and i'll be okay i've still got 37s on my dana 30 it ain't exploded yet and 35 but hey just put a gopro under there for us but you but, yeah, but, the, but you're doing okay because you're not running a spare tire <laughs> it's all that all that weight <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance it might blow <laughs> up someday <laughs> when you don't make no power it's harder to break anything <laughs> All right, let's move to this next one. Uh, the, this is a good one, uh, and uh, let's see how many people uh, actually own up to this because I, I know this is a part of uh, part embarrassment. What upgrades have you bought? Have you purchased that are now orphaned? 
stored in your attic and please let me know if uh they are uh if they were actually installed and then taken off or they just never got put on so you know make sure you let me know which one of those is it is it is it uh, used and then taken off or uh just like never got around to installing it now it just uh, lives in the attic steve-o from chicago the red fire stick the red sunshade the red grab handles all went on looked like crap took them off Ooh, red jeeps are sexy. <laughs> You're waiting for that. <laughs> Everything that made my Jeep a sport ass is now in my attic. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of I got a lot of parts <laughs> that I've it, taken off the Gladiator. I'm trying to think of parts. I I don't know. I mean, not new parts, but like I I love to shop. It used to be Craigslist, now Marketplace. But I'd find a spare set of tires or wheels or um, I bought a, I bought a soft top for my wife's JKU that we never put on it. It was a used one. I got a decent deal on it, but you know, I'll buy parts and things. I bought some skid plates for the diffs for my TJ that never made them on it. They're, they're laying out in the weeds right now somewhere. So there's parts that I acquire thinking, Hey, that'd be nice to have someday. And usually it's a deal. I don't know that I feel terrible about it, but I haven't gone out yet yet is a key word bought something that i spent bigger money on and then never used now here's chip say he had some skid plates for tj for sale i do i do they're bulldogs <laughs> they're laying out i i would love to get rid of them because i'm not ever planning to use them wait we can ever meet you up at an event i'll throw them in the back of the truck i haven't abandoned it but i've had a set of one-ton axles out behind the shop for three years i think i think that's abandoned um, pretty much anywhere in the country any uh, municipality would say that that uh, property has been abandoned three years <laughs> they can't see it it doesn't count it's behind the shop that's a just in case i mean everybody needs spare axles right larry that 14 bolt abandoned but does it have to actually be installed be considered abandoned <laughs> I so, would say no. <laughs> so, Gareth, Kansas, um, I have a set of axles that house that they're not abandoned, but I'm just waiting on the right time to put them in the ZJ. <laughs> <laughs> I have a set of uh, like stock that. TJ Moabs that I had for my TJ whenever I bought it that I took off and am waiting till I buy a Comanche to put them on. And then I have a stock. I have a set of DIY bead locks that I put on my TJ when I had my 35s first. Could never get balanced, so I just ended up taking them back off. I still just have them sitting around, and a bunch of wheels from my TJ, and then some tires. I'm waiting for you to say a TJ. <laughs> a well, spare TJ. <laughs> Where the hell is Henderson? Henderson would have a large list of things that he's bought and uh, laying out in the yard. I mean, it's it's uh, customer stuff, but still. <laughs> he literally has entire Jeeps sitting in the yard. Right. The other day he said he had, what, three engines that he could drop into an LJ if he come across an LJ or something. He had a stroker and all kinds of different... So, But he that's his, that's his job, right? And that, I've accumulated a bunch of parts DJ parts, not many TJ's parts left, but someday I'll use them, maybe. If not, 
what I paid for them, I can get my money back out of pretty easy. Oh, I know one person that has uh, some uh, some Jeep parts that aren't in the attic, aren't in the weeds in the yard. It's actually uh, in his office. Uh, Chuck. Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> but that that poor skull of a, a Jeep that he sits behind. Well, that wasn't abandoned. Though. That was just repurposed. Yeah. <laughs> That's but my axles. I got them cheap enough that it's not that big of a deal that they're sitting back there. Is, is it abandoned if you if you collected a bunch of Jeep grills? And I mean, he was talking about on his That's right. his forty six or what was no? It was the yeah. that he hung it up on the wall and then and his, his son, son went and got it. I like that. Right. So, so you you know if you, if you've got spare parts sitting around, I mean, there's always somebody saying, "Hey, I need another thirty five inch tire to like get go buy a new one." I blew mine out and. If you got a set sitting around, I just if they're not rotted or anything, I've got space in a barn. I can throw stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. I mean, my wife would. I'm glad she's not here. I'm at a hotel tonight because she'd be like, "Get rid of that stuff." Yeah, right. She's gonna see who's with you. As as soon as you said about those uh, those plates laying the weeds, you go, "Yeah, when are you gonna get? You said you were gonna clean that up, and when when are you gonna move that?" And oh, honey, it's doing okay. It's it's not bothering anybody. It's bothering me. <laughs> uh, not bothering anybody. <laughs> so no, I guess nobody has uh, has purchased something uh, from uh, a, a shady company or a not well built part that uh, you bought and then later you figured out that this was crap and you just weren't going to continue running it or uh, you weren't going to put it on. Nobody nobody has any of those, right? Oh, I've got a dozen set of lights. I mean, more than a dozen sets of lights that. You know, I went the cheaper direction, and I didn't go stupid expensive, but I definitely upgraded a lot of the lights for the YJ. The YJ is sitting for two years now without a transmission, but the lights are the one item that I've purchased, and, and I'm like, yeah, these, these aren't going to get it. I've got to replace. You need to get all those things on the YJ. Just fill that thing up with lights. Be a good, well, uh, good that's, video. It, that's what it's done. That's is how it is but i just kept upgrading and making them better and better i guess i forgot that you share the sickness with me about lights i just i love yeah. lights. yeah i, I love like lights. A half a dozen like pods sitting around that went bad but they were you know cheapo amazon pods that you got a pair for 20 bucks they'd still last two or three years mm-hmm. Tony, does it count if, you, if I bought parts and, and I ordered them and they got they arrived and a few months later I finally was going to get around to using them and I couldn't find them so I had to reorder the part. Oh, I hate when that happens when you when you forget think, that you've already ordered it. Yeah, I've got like three bullet point mounts like that just sitting around the house because I was like, where to go? I saw a, a shotgun scabber uh, that I was. I think I'm saying that right. Uh, I saw a shotgun scabber and went, oh, you know what? That would be really great to have. Uh, for my uh, KSG because it'd be nice and short and it probably would fit in there perfectly and and uh, I thought about ordering it went online and w- went to order it from from Amazon found a not nice one and uh, it said uh, uh, purchased in blah 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 <laughs> and I went oh I've got it <laughs> and then I went and looked and found it and slid the KSG right in it so it's, it's the same taste it was a, it was a couple of years ago yeah exactly like the same thing. <laughs> what well, I, you didn't say we were talking about guns, Tony. We're not. Talk KSG. It's a uh, men's warehouse where you can get suits. Is that what it is? Oh, because <laughs> I have actually lost some of those items by misplacing them and bought 
them again, not realizing I already owned them. So what you're saying is that you lost them in a boating accident? Is that, is that what I'm hitting, hearing? I, I'm saying I may have stuck them in a cabinet one day and forgot that they were there. Oh, that's cool. So, that's a great Easter egg. What is that? Oh shit, I own that. Oh, this is I, nice. I <laughs> but I do have a cheap one. Uh, I bought the Velcro rollbar grab handles from Schmitty Belt. And I put them on, put the drive on them, and I did not like the way it hung to be useful. It was right next to my head, and I didn't like that. So took it down and gave them away. Yeah, uh, I'll remind everybody, my uh, youngest daughter uh, had a set of those uh, grab handles on her 2001, and uh, it literally came apart on her while she was uh, letting herself down out of the, out of the Jeep. I'm not going to have any Velcro handles and Jeeps uh, for anybody in the family now. I think I've got about four of those, uh, those antenna adapters. It goes from the, from the new radio to the, the old, an, old style antenna. I've got about four of them somewhere. I have to keep ordering them because I can't remember where I put them. <laughs> That's how they get you. If it's cheap enough, it's like, ah, this is just easier just to order a new one than look for uh, it. I've got a CB. <laughs> CB win because you had to have one on the trail. It was required. How long Otherwise, ago? The how only long time ago it ever that? got used was on the highway in bad weather. So how long how long ago was it necessary to have that for the trail? I've never used a, a CB that was on only, the trail. That was an eighteen. There's yeah, a couple of tra- couple of trails I went on for the meets. They're like, you got to have a CB. And I show up and ain't nobody using MCB. Everybody's using GMRS. Really? And uh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I went on a caravan just through the country, going through covered bridges a couple weeks ago, and we pull up and there's a dozen jeeps. And I'm like, okay, what channel of GMRS will be running on? And everybody looks at each other and said, oh, we need our radios? I didn't bring mine. I oh, left no. them at home. Oh, what's a GMRS? Or what? And so nobody, nobody except for me had radios. So I had four. So I kept one and shared the other three. And, and people appreciated having it so we could communicate. So, so they all on the same frequency? Yeah, we did. I figured it out. So, so Chip, um, uh, I would recommend it'd be really good. So, get you a set of semaphore flags, and say, okay, well, well, let's just use <laughs> and just hand them the flags and a maybe a cheat sheet. This flag, yeah. Sit there. yeah, got it, got it. <laughs> and the next time they'll bring a damn radio. <laughs> All right. So, uh, last call. What upgrades have you bought that are now orphaned or stored in your attic? Actually, Sold on Facebook Marketplace. I bought a, uh, I, d- I did buy an Evo rear bumper delete kit when I uh, was first trying to get the uh, my rear departure angle where I wanted it and everything, and ended up getting rid of that after like two or three trail runs, just uh-huh. kind of how exposed it, it made the rear tub. Um, so I pulled that thing off pretty quick and ended up selling it on Facebook Marketplace. How much well, of the How good. much of the money did you get back? What percentage uh, of the money did you get back? Were eighty percent or fifty percent? Maybe thirty percent. Oh wow! So it was almost a four hundred dollar item, and because it came with like the uh, the hooks that go inside the frame horns for recovery points, came with all the good stuff. I mean, it was a good quality product. It just it wasn't for 
for what I wanted to do eventually. Mm-hmm. So that's when I went to that frame shot moto builder bumper instead. Um, which I, I, I like a lot better. But yeah, I'm kinda, I'm kinda, I think I got a hundred bucks for it on Facebook Marketplace. Well, at least it's not laying in the, laying in your backyard or anything. I have, I have frustrated myself several times by buying a you know, just stock like a stock replacement something just because of whatever was going out. And then it seemed like not very long after I, I did that, I ended up upgrading the thing. So I had a brand new, almost brand new part that got replaced by an upgrade. And then I kind of kicked myself later. So why don't I just buy the upgrade in the first place? Yeah. Well, that happens a lot. I don't think it's just Jeeps, but I, that happens a lot where you you buy something and you didn't consider just an upgrade uh, that, uh, you know, that you wind up needing it sometimes you're just not there yet you don't understand that you know you don't think you'll need it you don't maybe you don't even understand what it does or why you should spend that much more money for something that you can uh, get that's uh, just a stock replacement so um yeah there's various reasons but uh of course you can always uh, look at it as you got a spare you, you don't have a great spare but you do have a spare and sometimes you need that item right now yeah yep. yeah that's, that's that's pretty much where it's running into mm-hmm Yep, that's what I'm. I'm up against. I'm about to have to. Well, I'm doing the repair stuff on on the rear axle and everything from last several wheeling trips and everything. And I, I know in March I'm swapping the whole rear axle out, but still, still need to go through the process of getting it repaired so I can try to recoup some money and sell it or whatever. I was just going to say you can, uh, depending on what you can get for it. I mean, it's still a still the nice axle. It's just not as uh, as beefy as what you're putting on there. All right, let's jump to this one. Uh, are you a brand whore? Uh, is there a specific brand that you uh, is your go to uh, company, go to brand uh, when making upgrades? I wouldn't say I'm brand specific, but if I have a good experience, I will go back to that brand. And when you say good experience, you mean the quality of the item or customer service or yes? Yes. Which one's more important? Uh, customer service, like everybody's going to have something off, but how that company handles it when there is an issue speaks way more volumes than the initial problem. Yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of, I see that side of it, right? That the customer service is important if they take care of you, but to me, the quality of the item, you may have outstanding customer service and have really shitty parts. And I'm not going to go back to the company that, their parts aren't durable. You know, for me, the favorite thing, like I've, I've got brands that I love. Uh, I'll probably take a look at Terraflex stuff before I look at something else, but not to say that I wouldn't buy, you know, I bought somebody else. I bought SteerSmart instead for the Braglink and tie rods. And I'll, I'll choose a part based on how well it performs and how durable it is and, and if it's going to do what I need it to do. And there's certain brands I'll probably lean towards, and there's other brands that I'll definitely lean away from. So it, it really depends. So what do you guys, when you think, when you hear Terraflex, the name of the company, Terraflex, what parts immediately comes to mind? What what area of their uh, offering? Suspension. Suspension initially. Shocks. And steering. Yeah, it shocks for me, and that might be because of uh, what Larry went through. Uh, it, not necessarily a negative thing. I mean, it was negative what he went through, but uh, they took care of him and all that stuff, and things happened. Oh, yeah. So I'm not I'm not beating up on him, but I think that's the thing that stands out in my mind the most is because of what uh, what Larry went through with his uh, one failed shock. 
And, and at its core, that's that's where I kind of judge, you know, a company. Anybody can anybody can be doing good when there's no issues, but once there's an issue and they buck up and, and get behind it, well, that to me, that's kind of the, the mark of the company. I think some of the sticking with the same brand can come from just they, they work better together. So you may have a couple of parts that are that are kind of similar in nature, but if you're already running a specific brand's parts, then you know that it's a lot easier. Um, especially when it comes to like warranty claims and stuff like that, so you don't get into that pointing at the other other vendor's product or something like that back and forth when you're when you're running through it. So my myself, I, I have a lot of moto built stuff on the on the um, on the Jeep. I've got the sliders, the fenders, the rear bumper, and all that stuff because I, I really like the sliders, and then. The, the fenders seemed to look the best and flow with it very well because they were all from the same company and kind of had the same designs and everything else. So, uh, would, but at the same time, I've got metal cloak suspension and box shocks. So I, I don't stick with one brand exclusively, but if I get started in an area on the Jeep, like the the armor or the suspension or something like that, I try to I try to stick to the same brand in that area of that system. Right. I mean, it's a little OCD, right? I mean, I I. If I got started, if I have a, a bump, front bumper, I probably want to match the back bumper. I want to probably take a look if they have rock rails or other armor. And and yet, just because they make one part good, they may not make all the parts good. So it's that's a little frustrating for me because I'd rather have it all match and be exactly the same and everything, but functionalities overrule that. Well, I, th I think with fitment, you have to know what fits together, especially with armor. Because, like, uh, on my brother-in-law's TJ, he's got um, poison spider sliders, and then he ordered some TNT rear armor, and they're a solid inch off where the sliders and the armor come together. And just looking at them, you wouldn't notice it until you go to try to mount it all. So that's a, you know that's an issue we've come across. But at the same time. Like I call my cheap the cheap my Jeep the cheap Jeep. I've got eBay armor that is literally comes out of the same factory as Spider Track or Poison Spider, and it fits perfect. Yeah, you you do not have to spend top dollar uh, to have uh, have a good uh, a well built Jeep. Now it depends on all of what you're doing with it. it. It may show up in some very extreme situations. At least that's my feeling. Uh, I'm, I I do not have. Uh, um, you know, data to support that. This is this just my opinion, and certainly if you're never taking it off road, why why do you need to spend that much money for something that doesn't have to hold up uh, uh, in an off road situation? Um, I think there's some areas you want to spend the money though. I think you can cheap out in some areas, but I think there's some areas you want to go ahead and spend the spend the money to get the the well known item. And and also finish. You know, you you talk about holding up even if you're not off roading, Tony, but a good quality part sometimes has a better paint or a better, more durable surface so that you buy the cheap part, even if you're not going off-road, it could rust quicker, the paint, the finish could deteriorate faster. So a lot of times you do kind of, you have to watch that, right? Talk to other people and find out what's worked for them and listen to the Jeep Talk Show to get ideas, right? <laughs> that man knows what he's doing. Yes and no, but when you get into some of the high-dollar bumpers and different parts, a lot of those are bare metal is how you're receiving them. You know, Tony's received a lot like that. I've personally received a lot like that. That's my preference. So you're getting a bare metal 
and then you're going to color match and do that yourselves. Whereas a lot of the cheaper items, you know, the the Amazon, you know, bumpers and fenders, and they are painted black. They're, you know, a powder coat or a paint. But it is, you, you've got to take that into consideration as well. Not that one's better or worse, but I'd prefer bare metal and, and finish it myself. As do I. And then I use a rattle can bed liner. And that way, when it does get beat up and scratched, you just hit it with a rattle can again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think the other part, too, is if you have a a theme or a kind of a system in mind that you want to build towards, sometimes if you're, if you're if that's where you're going, if you're trying to piece it together from all the different vendors, that can cause yourself a fair amount of heartache. Because while all the vendors have might have good stuff, they may or may not interact well with each other. So let me ask this question. This is uh, uh, an extra <laughs> extra credit question. Is there a, a brand that you will not purchase? And it, was it uh, based on what you've heard from the public uh, or uh, personal experience? DV8. I've seen a few DV8 bumpers uh, in person, and, and every single one I've ever seen was corroded, rusted. One of them was digging into the body because it bent. Um, I mean, I can't grant any of them to do that. It just, it seemed like it was really, really poor. The, some of the welds were like, I might've done them. I mean, like they were really clogged <laughs> up. It wasn't like a nice bead or whatever in some areas. Mm-hmm. So but that of all of, I think DV8 is the only one that I've, I've personally seen where I've been like, I don't think I, I, I trust anything coming out of that. Are you saying uh, Delta Victor 8? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Delta Victoria. Yeah, it sounded like D Delta Delta. So I just want to make Maybe. sure that people are listening know, know which one you're talking about. And and, 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 and of course, this is this is just our opinions. I, it's not a, a pass fail on these things. It's just opinions. Well, DV8, I see a lot of those more on street jeeps than I do on off road jeeps. They do a lot of kind of good looking parts. That if but if you're I, I don't know about the finish as much. I just tend to see not many people off-road with a DV8 equipment. I'm sure there's exceptions, but uh, Smitty Built is one that depends on yeah, what it is. Smitty Built, yeah. You know, I was just going to chime in with you on that one, Chip. Smitty Built, absolutely. It's a hit or miss. And what it is, their bumpers are, are crap, right? I've got their HD tire carrier reinforcement for the tailgate, which is, which is it's incredible. It's rock solid. Right, I've got a Smitty winch. Works great, but their bumpers are just not anything I would I would put on my Jeep. You guys are saying it wrong. It's shitty built. <laughs> I have a few brands that I just don't care for because they're on everything, kind of like the DVA interfitter wells. Like I see them on every JK and JL around here. Um, Raceline wheels—they make a great product. I don't want them, but they're on everything, and that's why I don't want them. Oh, nobody's mentioned Rough Country yet. I was going to say Rough Country. Yeah, that's the thing around here. Every, uh, all the pickup trucks with the Rough Country big stickers across the windows. That's and I'm a, like, that surprises me a lot. <laughs> Um, so how do you guys, I can tell you I have no personal experience uh, I have no reason to dislike Rusty's, but in, in just in my heart, I just I just can't uh, bring myself to look at or purchase 
anything from uh, from Rusty's off road, uh, and it, and I think it's from several posts that I saw on forums, which is not evidence; it's just hearsay. Yeah, I've heard that either people really like it or they really don't want them. Exactly what I was going to say, Steve, was that I've talked to people that are like Rusty's did my complete suspension and i love it that's great parts it's worked beautifully they pound the hell out of it and i've had other people say do not buy it it's not any good so i don't know i'm 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 under the camp of do not buy it it's not any good but that's just my feeling and 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 i know this this is what hurts companies is that that one thing comes out as far as it's a hearsay it's not a direct uh, correlation there's no direct the person talking is just talking so I try to uh, to make sure that I don't say anything negative about Rusty's because I have no specific evidence for it. Oh, and to clarify, I've just I've had no experience, zero experience with Rusty's. I've just heard that from different camps. It's the one I've I've seen the most contrasted opinions on. Yeah, I mean, and this is one of the reasons why I I, I don't talk bad about Rough Country. Rough Country has has issues. Their shocks were usually uh, crap. Although the the shocks I had on the XJ ran for many 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 years just fine uh but they i know that their shock quality has gone up and down and i i bent uh one of their heavy duty track bars and, and got that thing off there as soon as the, the replacement came in so uh there's uh, i mean I, I don't buy rusties now but but way back when when i was first modifying the xj and uh, i was having problems affording stuff uh, rough country was the only way i could go and it, it did it did fine uh and it even worked uh, off-road but it's not the same level of um, stoutness, I guess I should say, that I would expect for you know things on the Gladiator or even on the XJ now. But isn't that isn't that true, Tony? Where you've got people that so you you you've got a company that you counted on ten years ago. You bought some great parts from them; they were top of the line. And then they get bought out by another company. Oh, just, I hate that. And and then the the quality goes down, and and so you're buying it because you had great experience with a previous product from that company. But now that that com- company doesn't make it to the same level of standard, or they've just gotten so big, yeah, that they aren't focused as much. And well, well, actually, that's a really good point. I mean, this is and this is one of the reasons why I like Motobuilt. It's owned by a guy. <laughs> and he he loves jeeping he loves beating the hell out of stuff and he has a certain level of commitment uh and uh, uh tony at uh, gen right uh, uh off-road i mean there's another situation where uh, tony owns that stuff and he goes over to and, and works on his own parts and then sometimes he says hey guys look at this what do you think about this as a product i love those companies it's it's the the guy that started it the guy that uh runs it uh gets it and it's it's not that situation you're talking about. They got bought out, and now who knows what it's uh, uh, who knows what they're making. That reminds me, I will never put an Optima battery in anything I oh, ever. You and me both. I had too many failures, quick failures. When I sold them, I never had one last longer than six months. Oh, thank God, I had more that couple of years. But man, not not what I was anticipating, but not the life I was anticipating. And you have to pay extra for it. Yeah, Tony, I think you brought up that, that one guy in one of your one of the shows about the the guy on YouTube that tests all the all the parts, uh the something farmer or something. I forget what he's what's he called? Uh farmer. I forget project farm. What is it? Yeah, project farm. Project, project. yeah. Yep. Yeah, he, he tested all those batteries and uh 
and the two i think if i remember right the walmart battery and the uh and the o'reilly's battery turned out to be the the two best performers out of all the batteries which surprised him and me <laughs> yeah he's i think he's often surprised by the way uh chris reached out to him about doing an interview on the show uh he actually did one on uh the uh, elastic uh or well, not really elastic ropes but the, the 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 ropes the the tow ropes that you know will give and give a little extra pull and uh, i thought it was a uh, what is it kinetic yes kinetic. it was a it was a real interesting uh test that he did and uh, bubba rope came up on top came out on top i think i actually posted that video in the discord server yeah um that was that was really good and i thought hey let's get this guy on and he he answered back very quickly but he was too busy uh to uh, to to do the interview that i was looking forward to talking to that guy that would have been a lot of fun on the battery things there's three manufacturers for all batteries they all come out of one of three facilities and they just get relabeled so what i tell people and i say this because i sold batteries for years is wherever it's easiest for you to get one warranted so that when it does fail it's easy to get swapped out that's where you buy it yeah but but saying that kevin and i don't know enough, you you were in the battery business but i'm a manufacturer rep and and well let's just take washing machines or dish, you know as an example but i'm sorry did you say washing washing that's why larry and i larry and i say <laughs> what, what's wrong with that that's a technical term yeah. there's an r in there just look harder but my dad caught grief for that for years and i got it i do it in remembrance of my dad anyway so nice the, save. the washing machine washing machine um but maytag whirlpool they made sears they made other ones and they made yep. them to spec right and so even if they're all made in three main factories there could be different specs different quality different care going into the manufacturing to map so i don't always say well if they're all made in three different places they've all got to be the same i don't know that i agree with that i've heard that about coils uh, the coil springs that they're only manufactured in uh, there's a very few manufacturers so one uh, one company's coil is not going to be radically different from another uh, coil and it, and really what you're spending I can't speak for today, but I can tell you like around 2000-ish, almost all coils in the U.S. were made by Eibach. It didn't matter who sold them. But did they use different steel and different different stock when they made them? They, they would make them to different specifications for different companies, sure. but they were all manufactured by Eibach. Okay. All right. So there, there might be a reason for paying more for one coil spring over another. All right, so that's, let's let's that's get just like buying something that's made in China. Just because it's made in China doesn't mean it's garbage necessarily. You can have something built to a certain specification in China. Yeah, but it, it, but did they do it to the to the specification? Is is often the question um, and potential problem. Okay, I got to get to this question because uh, Rick is going to uh, have a, a conniption if I if I don't. How do you compensate for the embarrassment of owning a red Jeep? Now, this is a great Bob question, if if, if you, Bob, is still with us. I know. Oh, and uh, Chip, too. So uh, do you... And Bill. Yeah, and yeah, Bill. Bill compensates by putting his right foot down and letting that Hemi do his, do his talking <laughs> for him. Exactly. It uh, always could be just go out buying gray Jeep. <laughs> so, Tony, I, I am a red Jeep owner. But when I bought it, I 
I didn't buy it because it was red. I bought it because it had the options and features and was the price point that was what I wanted. But I don't. I never intended to buy a red Jeep because I always thought people that bought red Jeeps were trying to show off more or be out there more. What's wrong it's with that? Color. It's a color. Jeeps I mean, should be she, they at least should be bright colors because they're exciting and you want to be seen. It's a Jeep, damn it! But, but all about the, ego. The red Jeep has really helped me though when trail guiding because in the woods people will see it. Versus if I had a dark Jeep, they might not see it as readily on the trail. So if I'm actually leading, they look for a red Jeep. It, well, if you're it, leading right, you shouldn't leave them so far behind that they need to find the red Jeep. It's sometimes hard to keep up with the red Jeeps. <laughs> you, if, you see, if, you, if you can't see me, you're supposed to stop, Chip. I'm keep going. Well, I do, but the, the, some, we, we did get separated one, one time, okay? So I had half my group with me. We got, we got we were crossing a little road thing, and and the other half thought they saw a red jeep up on top of a dune about a half mile away, and they took off that direction. And I had gone the opposite direction; they just weren't watching. So it happens. It happens. So the red jeep wasn't a benefit to your leading at that point in time. Yeah, there was this squirrel. We were looking for the red jeep. There was a pro- squirrel. There was a- squirrel. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so how many of you people wish you had a red Jeep? Larry? That's why I bought a black Jeep. Once <laughs> you go black. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, Tony. Red was on my list. It was, I did not want white, I did not want black, and I did not want gray because that's what everybody has around here. I would, I would really like the green, but Sarge Green wasn't out at the time. And then I just fell in love with the blue with the tan interior. But red was red was a consideration for me. Mm-hmm. My TJ was orange, and then I uh, did the uh, not Rhino liner, but the uh, the tenable bed liner, and changed it to the that uh, it was supposed to be that uh, metallic blue that TJ's came out with, but it ended up quite a bit darker. Yeah, I had, I had options of colors, which was one. There's the only manual they had, which was that the black Jeep. Did you guys was, see the uh, the carjacking uh, that uh, where the these two carjackers pulled a guy out of his uh, his his vehicle, his car, and they jumped in uh, and uh, they tried to they got in. They were in there maybe five seconds before they abandoned the vehicle because it was a manual transmission. You can say they had the the <laughs> third pedal uh, anti theft device, the, the millennial anti theft device. <laughs> uh, that was funny. I mean, they were just boom, like, oh hell no, let's get the hell out of hey, here. Hey, I'm 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 a millennial and I can drive a manual. Yeah, anybody can. All they have to do is do it. And the millennials are getting into their forties now, so. Yeah, maybe I, know. I, I turned 40 yesterday. It's ridiculous. <laughs> maybe it's a Gen Z or Gen Alpha anti-theft now. Can we get on that bandwagon? Yeah. yeah well, I taught all three of my kids are to ride motorcycles and to drive uh, manual transmissions. Thought it was important for them to know. And zero turn mowers. Oh, man. The, <laughs> zero I'd like to have one of those. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Well, the Zoom meeting, the roundtable discussion continues on even when the, uh, we stop recording the show. So uh, for you to be, and sometimes it goes on for another hour, hour and a half uh, longer. There's a lot of uh, good fun that goes on in our, our Zoom meeting. It's just Jeepers talking to Jeepers about Jeep stuff and uh, other things too, you know, because you can't live by Jeep alone. I know, I know you should be able to, but uh, uh, people talk about other things and it's, it's always fun. So you might want to consider joining us uh, here in our uh, Zoom meeting every Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. That's uh, when the uh, the pre-show starts. Uh, 8 p.m. Central Time is whenever the uh, proper show, uh, the part that we record, starts. So uh, get in early and always get in early and often. Uh, we'd love to have you there as uh, as one of the uh, one of the voices. And and actually, we don't make you talk, so you can just come and listen. But I think that after listening a little bit, you're gonna have to make a comment. Let's <laughs> go. Wait a minute. I gotta set the set the room straight here and uh, make a comment and uh, let everybody know exactly what the the real stuff is. And that brings us to the end of another exhilarating Jeep Talk Show Roundtable episode. I want to express my deepest gratitude to our incredible panel of Jeep enthusiasts for sharing their valuable insights, experiences, and expertise with us today. Your passion for Jeeps is truly inspiring, and we're grateful for your contributions. Uh, thanks again to Tyree Lights for sponsoring this Roundtable episode. And I want to tell you, Tyree Lights, man, they are just amazing lights. And I was, uh, I was talking to Ken, uh, the president of uh, Tyree Lights the other day, and I told, told Ken, I said, it's, you don't understand how well the Tyree Lights are built, just how heavy and well-constructed uh, with the, the little rubber pads on there that uh, you know, ha- handles the vibrations. You don't understand the quality of the Tyree lights whenever you unless you hold it in your hand and you know they they have a little thing set up uh for events where you can go and look at the, the lights directly but um whenever you buy a pair of uh of Tyree lights and you go to install them on your jeep i mean really just as soon as you get it uh you pick up the box that that was left there in front in your front door and you go holy crap what the hell is this did i order some weights uh, so they're not they're not super heavy or anything like that, but they're a lot heavier than any other light that I've ever purchased, uh, like on Amazon and stuff. And the quality of the build is, is just amazing. And these are things that you learn only by buying the lights. So I I highly recommend that you take a look at Tyree Lights. And yeah, of course they are a sponsor here on the show. But I have had I have nothing but good things to say about these Tyree Lights. Uh, that uh, they they provided uh, to me to put on the the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, and they're just amazing. In fact, there's uh, some a couple of videos uh, up on social media on YouTube of just how damn bright these things are, and I expect that they will work and run for a very very long time. So anyway, have a look at their amazing lights uh, that they have to offer at TyreeOffRoad.com. I have Tyree lights on my 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, and I never have to be afraid of the dark again. Yeah, that's something I came up with, and I think it's funny. Remember (laughs) to support the companies that support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. Visit TyreeOffRoad.com. That's T-Y-R-I Offroad.com. I also want to extend a heartfelt thank you to our listeners who joined us on this adventure. Your support is what keeps us motivated to bring you the best Jeep content out of there, out there. So, you know, we love getting new voices, new people on the on the roundtable. 
anybody can join. Everybody is welcome. Uh, and, and hell, you don't even have to have a Jeep. Just, so reach out to your friends, your off-road friends, or anybody you think that might uh, enjoy being here on the Zoom room, and invite them to the show. Uh, it's uh, Again, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, and you will be able to uh, allow them to uh, get in on this stuff, as well as our Discord server that I mentioned a few times tonight. So until next time, keep those Jeeps running strong, hit those trails with confidence, and remember, it's not just a vehicle, it's a way of life. This has been Tony hosting the Jeep Talk Show Roundtable episode, and we'll catch you on the next ride. Broadcasting since 2010.